like Tucker, I'm Todd. Hi, Todd, I'm Tucker. Welcome to the Tucker and Todd Show. Tucker and Todd can't be bothered to record an introduction to the show so you get one from me. I'm the free intern and producer, Craig. Tucker is the short one and Todd is the ginger. Now listen to these idiots using their imaginations. I'm here, I am centered, I am focused. You're centered? Where did you uh, find your center? Uh, outside of my phone. That's a pretty good place to look, I think. Yeah, the center is definitely not in the phone. But more specifically, where was it? Oh, well, if I was trying to be funny, my center is exactly uh, 4,992 licks into a Tootsie Pop. That's that's what I was hoping for. Were you really going for Tootsie Pop? Yeah, it was, and I had one prepared if you didn't do it so funny we're on the same wavelength this really is the tucker and todd show <laughs> oh help us <laughs> yes <laughs> subscribe to our patreon we're gonna have to get one of those when we have more than 10 people listening i think my idea was that unless some unless there was a because what i see with communities that are fresh a lot of them won't start a patreon until people ask for them and so i would say i wouldn't want to start one until we had at least like a thousand subscribers or 10 people saying they would support one probably a reasonable starting position yeah so let somebody else come up with it and that way if everybody says it was horrible we can blame that guy yeah, well, I never, I would never want it to seem like we're doing this specifically to be making a profit off of it. So I will let it be somebody else's idea. For now, this is for shits and giggles. But the better and bigger it gets, the more shits and giggles there will be for everyone. Absolutely. And then everybody can share in the shits and giggles. All right. So how are we feeling this evening? You've been on a hell of a roll with our premises. You've blown up that whole channel and made me feel very inadequate. I don't think you have to feel inadequate. It's just because sometimes because like what I what I had done last week is I cleaned out everything that we had done already and then kind of realized, oh, we need a lot more in here where we're just going to catch up to ourselves and not have anything. Which would turn into a bit of a shooting the shit episode where it's just us talking about whatever. Oh, which would be fine. And we could call it the bottle episode. And then every time that happens, we can just call it bottle episode one, two, three. Yeah. And those ideally would actually probably be a little bit shorter you know if you have no prepared uh, content we're going to wind up with a lot more pauses blank spaces umming and awing and stuff that goes nowhere yeah just a 20 minute gab a little sample pattern so let's see what we have in this enormous list you have produced for me yeah did anything stand out to you at all that you want to pick from I have to pick through both the uh, ideas and the discussion channels because some of the stuff that got expanded on was really interesting to me. Yeah, I think the discussion channel is probably where to go because those are the ones that we were most excited about and like attached onto. Oh, okay. So lads leaving behind burn notes in brown paper bags at drop sites, only to have them picked up by a curious homeless man 
who was a savant detective who was initially just looking for a sandwich, but is now starting to piece together a global conspiracy. I like that. And then I had all, okay. So, and then as we kind of developed through that, I said, maybe that guy is our first fisherman. <laughs> yeah. The, the fisherman, if you uh, recall, I did go back and listen a little bit and look a little bit. The fishermen are actually Columbo's agents. <clears throat> yeah, precisely. The, the, what we wrote in the discussion, uh, homeless guy, you said he's got a spot under a bridge or abandoned subway tunnel where he's got the clue board with red string connecting all the dots, but everything has to be a cheap version. So the string is the shoelaces. And then I said, maybe after trying to get the attention of countless world leaders, he's always trying to get attention with his plot saying, look at what's going on. We need to address this. Columbo finally approaches him and says, you appear to have something of interest to us. And then the rest of the fishermen saunter out of the shadows. That's what I said. And then I said, or perhaps this is the origin of the fishermen. It's certainly the origin of one fisherman. Now, uh, we had established previously that Columbo is actually an eldritch entity, like a Lovecraftian monster thing, which means that his fishermen are probably also his cultists, which means that they're all varying levels of insane. And this guy definitely takes his shoelaces out of his boots every time he goes to the clue wall because those are the only shoelaces he owns. So he has to reassemble it every time he goes to it. Right. I had to get in that last bit before I forgot it. <laughs> just imagine him scrambling to take his shoelaces out of his boots so that he can reassemble his little clue wall. And out each time. Yeah, and then he's like halfway through it, and then he realizes he actually forgot like his favorite shopping cart somewhere, so he has to take his shoelaces back off and then relace his boots and go. Maybe, yeah, because maybe he's got grocery grocery bags full of shoelaces. No, no, it's funny. If he only has the laces that are in his boots and he has to use both of them to do his clue wall. So he has to just inconvenience himself every time he wants to do the detective thing. Oh, does his clue wall? Okay, does his clue wall? Because on a clue wall, you have all like the cutouts. So his clue wall is all scraps and the scraps he keeps in garbage bags. So he's got like Safeway bags full of these scraps and then he has to take his shoelaces and connect all the scraps. Yeah, he yeah, he has to. I mean, because if he's going to take all of the shoelaces off, he's, he might as well take everything else down as well and just disassemble the whole thing. But it has to look like that board that you see at the very beginning of the uh, Sherlock Holmes A Game of Shadows film where Sherlock has just this red string just everywhere, connecting so many different dots. Right. It's all around the room. Also, uh, a beautiful mind. And somehow he gets that out of just like two shoelaces. That's the comedy. Well, yeah, the shoelaces turn out to be nowhere near that long once they're in his boots again. Well, because and we can even do kind of a visual gag where we just use edits, you know, uh, in Monty Python and the Holy Grail when What's-His-Nuts is running at the, the castle and they keep showing the same shot over and over. <laughs> yeah, so he never gets any closer. And then the immediate following shot is the horrible juxtaposition where he's just suddenly there and killing people. Yeah, so we have a shot of him. He just keeps pulling and pulling and pulling shoelaces out of his shoes. He just keeps pulling it and pulling it and pulling it. And then all of a sudden, bam, it's a map all over the wall. I like it. I'm all about that. We can use the music from the, uh, I can't even remember who it is. Which is it? I can't remember which night it is in that scene. Which one? I think that was Lancelot. Yes, that is. I was like, it's the one that is like the name that everybody knows. 
Yes, you're you're posting relevant images. Okay, so here's a thing. I I just think he should have that Charlie energy. Pepe Sylvia, this name keeps coming up over and over again. Every day, Pepe's mail is getting sent back to me. Pepe Sylvia, Pepe Sylvia. I look at the mail. Well, this whole box is Pepe Sylvia. Oh, I like that. Yeah, because that is I because that is a huge meme, no? Yeah, because like in that particular scene, Charlie's acting like he's been hit, like he's drank eight pots of coffee and has had a bajillion cigarettes and he's just so jittery and insane all right well whichever of us is willing to put the energy into it at the time i would enjoy that i think out of the two uh if if one of the boys did have to do it tucker definitely seems to be the closest to that level of manic energy but that's probably still me like conceptually channeling calvin through him I mean, it's hard not to do a little bit. Here's a question for you. Did you ever imagine a specific voice for Hobbes? No, I didn't. I always thought it would be Richard Kind. I'll put in an audio clip. No, you know what I'm talking about. Don't be a putz. What are you talking about? I don't know what you're talking what you about. Mean? There's a lot of Are you talking? Are you out of your mind? If you go to Florida, the you're not going to call in Chad? Yeah, okay. Yeah, I, I, I just listened to one. I hear it. That, yeah, it sounds like Hobbes. I will I will buy that. I kind of want to say that Calvin is Jonathan Taylor Thomas, but maybe that's a little bit too cute. And it has to be something a little bit more scrappy. He is a scrappy little bastard. Anyways, our so I the the we need to come up with like a plot for what is driving we have our character. Is it so is it about his origin story is how he becomes a fisherman? This is Columbo comes and recruits him. Does it turn into him pursuing, presenting the, like what Columbo does with him and his discovery? Like, do, do we just do we explore what the conspiracy is? Absolutely. This this guy has to be just like the, the conspiracy itself has to be illustrated at least a little bit. And the conspiracy has to directly relate to Columbo which is why it gets his attention. Okay. Are we going to meme on current conspiracies, uh, like use analogs of Q or use analogs of uh, like a pizza restaurant, like little parodies of things that people associate with conspiracies? I mean, we can definitely do a couple of nods, especially because like, it'll be a, a board full of cutout pictures and stuff, and we can put whatever we like in there. So we right. can put little nods to these various real-life conspiracy theories in there and connect them where there's no business connecting them. And so should it be? Should the conspiracy be actually quite innocuous or because of Columbo's actual like multidimensional omnipresence, is it something huge? See, once again, we're at a crossroads that doesn't have to be one. Due to Columbo's sort of omnipresent nature through time, he can recognize something that appears benign at one moment, but actually has massive ramifications in the future. So it's going to have to be a kind of conspiracy that appears completely benign, and and no fathomable reason why it would be a massive, you know, catastrophe that we can see. But Columbo knows better. Is it? I mean, is it sort of a cliched because i don't i don't actually want to perpetuate the crazy homeless guy stereotype so never mind i don't i don't want it to be a cliched crazy thing 
maybe it's a very logical, simple uh, conspiracy. Well, I mean, for a start, he has to be absolutely correct before Columbo would even take notice. He's definitely not crazy, he's, but he's got some of that mad energy going on because he's been delving into secrets that mortals were never meant to comprehend, you know what I mean? Right, but he's actually the only one that actually knows, and that's why he is so manic. Yes, yes, he truly knows what's going on, and that's what's driving him kind of crazy. He's not just a crazy old bum. He is enlightened in terrible ways. And so why does everybody else ignore him when he presents his theory? Because they're assholes and they think he's just a crazy old bum. Oh, it's their... Oh, yes. Actually, very good point. It is their ignorance and their prejudice where they just dismiss him because of what he looks like. Yeah, they don't even consider that he might be correct. Especially because he's he makes leaps in his theory that make no sense to them, but like he's dipped into some of that omnipresence through what he's learned, so he can see the connections clearly. Okay, this needs to be <laughs> flawless. <laughs> Is it how many licks it takes to get to the center of a Tootsie Pop? I don't know. I don't. I don't know if we can actually. I don't know if we can do a slippery slope even in our craziest dreams, with that one that leads to some kind of global catastrophe. Does he know what you would have to do for a Klondike bar? Ooh, okay. Okay. They're always asking what you would do for a Klondike bar, but does anybody actually know what it would take for a Klondike bar? I mean, how many men, how many women, how many children have done things for a Klondike bar but never gotten that bar? Oh, oh, interesting. How many? Uh, let, let's. Okay. What is the worst thing that somebody has ever done for a Klondike bar? And it's a global conspiracy to cover up. Actually, like there was a ge uh, the genocide. <laughs> so it actually was a, a global catastrophe. It was probably World War Two. Yeah. And this, some... this is this is the part in QI where the buzzer would go off because I mentioned the war. Yeah, you're not. Do not mention the war. I'm not going to absolutely no Hitlers. No, there are no Hitlers, so it won't be World War II, but it will be something, a global catastrophe, a genocide that was caused by that is the worst thing that somebody did. That's what somebody did for a Klondike bar. And now it's a global conspiracy to cover it up. So do we is it a fictional genocide in our world that we make up so that we're not drawing ire and being insensitive about an actual genocide? We should probably we should probably lean away from real things because I just about said that they uh, conscripted child soldiers for a Klondike bar. Is it and, th and that's very real. Did somebody sell out the human race to another uh, an extraterrestrial species uh, society? Uh, here's how about this name name something awful, t truly terrible that humans have to live with. They're truly? responsible for that. Like mosquitoes or something. Like just pick something that's horrible that uh, that is now just like a part of everyday human life that we just deal with. They're responsible for that. Oh, allergies. God, I sure hate allergies. They just brought allergies to planet Earth. Yeah, there were no allergies. Well, in that case, they're probably responsible for just like all autoimmune disease. Or maybe I don't know. Maybe they brought boners. There were no boners before. 
You know, I'm not sure boners are so terrible. They're highly effective at what they're supposed to do. Yeah, I mean, I guess, yeah. They serve their purpose. We'll take a step back to the conspiracy. Oh, is it the redheaded gene? Oh, we could do something fun with that. Especially because Todd's a redhead. Yeah. Oh, actually, yeah, that we could in- introduce a group of people or a, gr- a, a group of creatures from another planet who originated the redhead gene and I'm descended from them. That would explain a great deal about you being a cat. <laughs> With a pointy face, yeah. Oh, yeah, I forgot that we shaved you. You and your bizarre prickly skin. Yeah, I got stung by a trapezoid. You say stung, but I kind of think you mean fathered by. Yes, my father stung my mother's ovaries. Uh, that's how babies are made, I'm sure of it. Yeah, the proboscis. No, that's a different thing. Never mind. Yeah, we're we're going to go ahead and stay away from the... Uh, the uh, Hentai. Yeah, exactly. We don't want to draw in that crowd. They're free to watch from outside, but they cannot come in. Exactly my attitude. All right, so we've discovered, or at least our our brave yet... Uh, unfortunately homeless due to, you know, I don't know, society sucks. It's not very good to people. So anyways, he's homeless. He's discovered that there is a direct connection between some alien force, this redheaded gene, and some terrible future that uh, is going to come. And of course, that gets Columbo to come and visit. But rather than do anything hor- horrible to our hero here, Columbo hires him. Oh, here. Oh, okay, 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 okay. So he finds out that the that the human race was sold into slavery to these redhead or whatever. Is that where it's going? Because I'm I'm liking the idea that it's for a Klondike bar, and then Columbo is interested because he wants to figure out who ha- he wants the Klondike bar. It's sort of a uh, uh, what's the thing in like Thor or even the Transformers? It's like the Evercube or whatever. We just call that the MacGuffin. Yeah, it's the MacGuffin. It's the, uh, yeah. I don't know if humanity has been sold into slavery, but we've been seeded with with redheaded infiltrators. And, but yeah, it was. Right. Access was, access was given to the, the redheaded infiltrators. Yeah. So, uh, access to basically. Info, to get into humanity itself, so that's that's where our redheads come from. They're not soulless; they're aliens, or at least they're like one percent alien. Or d- does it actually go way back? Was there a species, the uh, species, a prime top of the food chain species, uh, before animals started wa- coming on land, and the species? for a Klondike bar allowed these little newt things to procreate amongst the other. It allowed these land walking newt things from the other planet to procreate. It goes all the way back. Redheads would never exist if there hadn't been these piece of shit lizard things way back then. Redheads come from lizards. It actually sounds more like these things are actually the progenitors of the entire human race. And they're the ones who allowed the human race to even come into being kind of as a joke for the Klondike bar. Yeah, that's a little too cerebral. I, I think they sh- that's very Lovecraftian. The whole humanity is actually just like the dis- disregarded cast off 
of some higher entity thing. That's very Lovecraftian. That's a standard. But I do want to just stick with the some somebody in uh, not quite modern humanity, but within recorded history, medieval times. May, maybe even further back than that. Like we're talking ancient Egypt, kind of Mesopotamia. Okay, okay, okay. It, yeah, we yeah. found it in a stone tablet, kind of thing, and that's where redheads come from. Some guy made a deal for a Klondike bar, and the the cost was this alien infiltration. Uh, we could say it was of his family or something. He had to marry an alien. Okay, so and. Uh, it's gone on and on and on down the generations, and now we have redheads. I love this. So now that we have a tablet, I like the idea that maybe we could reuse the same set from the booby traps bit where Columbo is a Indiana Jones, and we make a reference like, isn't this the same place from... And then we're like, no, this is a different episode. Oh, yeah. we. Uh, and then we, if there was a way that we could actually like flip it horizontally... Of course it's not. Remember the other one? We went the other direction down this hallway. Totally different oh, place. Yeah. That's, yeah, easy. That's a right click. <laughs> so, yeah. No, the other place, it was. It looked a little bit different, you know? It was. Anyways, it's a different place. And then they just move on. No, in that one, we were going a total other direction. So, yes, the, a tablet has been found. This the homeless guy doesn't have it, but he knows where it is. He's seen it. He's read it. He's that's that's where the crazies come from. The tablet gives you the crazies. So did he see it? Did somebody present it to him, or he saw it in a dream, or it was in his possession briefly? It's Tucker's fault. Tucker happened to be walking by, and reached into the stupid pocket of that suit and pulled it out. It just came out of the pocket of the suit. This homeless guy saw it and managed to decipher it. And then Tucker put it back in the pocket and then it was gone. Oh, it's in the bunny suit? Yeah, the everything and anything pocket. I like that. Because that is very contrived. <laughs> that, that's exactly what it's for. And uh, But it does exist in a physical location in that temple so we can go and track it down. Columbo wants to. But... Basically, what happens is reaching into the pocket just kind of like tears a hole in reality through which Tucker reaches and grabs it off of whatever pedestal it's on. And, it, so and the moment it comes out of the pocket, the guy, the homeless guy makes eye contact with it and it kind of like speaks to him telepathically. Yeah, pretty much. It's almost like it chooses its reader and it has to have that falsetto voice. You know what I mean? It has to sound like a Monty Python falsetto woman. Oh, yeah, it's a knight of knee for sure. <laughs> Part of the reason that it drove him crazy was how annoying it was to listen to. That's the voice in his head now. Yeah, it's totally infested his mind. It's telling him all these horrible secrets, but like in, in the worst way with the worst voice. That's so funny because it is sort of it is the Eldritch thing, right? So he's he's got a doom sayer inside of his brain, but it speaks in a knight of knee voice. <laughs> Yeah, that's uh, whew, difficult to get can, away from. I'm actually looking forward to recording that because I can use, like, I can record the knee voice and then just, like, throw it across four tracks in different corners of, like, the stereo. Have it floating around your head with different voices. Ooh. Yeah, that'll be... I'm going to have nightmares about that after I hear it. How fun. Okay, and so that is how he discovers it. And so Columbo finds him so time goes by after that where he's ranting and raving 
Yeah, yeah. Um, he he uh, he's running all over the place, collecting you know like newspaper clippings and like random bits and bobs, things that to ordinary onlookers seem totally unrelated. And of course, you know the little nods to existing real world conspiracy theories can go in there. But so uh, in his mind, they all make sense. He's not presenting it to governments or leaders or anything like that. He actually can't get anybody to pay attention to him except for Tucker and Todd. And so he comes on our show and we use the TV set to interview him. And that's when Columbo comes out and says, you have something we want. Interesting. So he creates enough of a fuss that us, who basically we have to beg people to come on the show anyways. He, yeah, um, like anybody. yeah, you got something you want to say? Come say it on our TV show. And that's that. Yeah. Does he wheel in his entire clue board? Well, yeah, I think that's when he does the shoe gag. But that's when we do the shoe gag. But he, they, he, we go like, okay, so what's your pitch? And he's like, oh, one second. And then we zoom in on him pulling shoelaces out of his boots. Right, right. We agreed that he uh, he disassembles the entire thing. So he basically he comes back with a shoebox and just his boots on. and he. He we we provide him with this board, just like a cork board on rollers, and yeah. he uses a couple of thumbtacks, and then he starts putting up this stuff. He assembles his board, and then he proceeds to do the the rabid shoelace joke, where he just tugs on his shoelaces for like an uncomfortable amount of time. Like there might be like a music track playing, and it finishes playing and then goes silent before he's finished. Oh, actually, yeah, it won't go silent. I'll do the end of the 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 end of the groove on the LP sound effect. Right. All right. Yes. Good. So it just just the static and the the short groove. I I love trying to find ways to include audio cues. Yeah, it's fun. Why not? This is supposed to. It's our radio show, also. Theater of the mind. Well, yeah, we'll we'll make lots of noise and include lots of flashy visuals. Everything will be. Like high level, low effort stuff. I'm really looking forward it. to making the conspiracy board. It's going to be so cute. The little teeny tiny scraps of paper. Well, yeah, and there's no limit to the kind of jokes we can put no, in. There. Yeah, it can be a bunch of silly stuff and then like a very serious reference to like a very serious actor or something like that. Wait, no, let's be careful with references to real people. Yeah. Uh, those are probably qualified as Hitler's. Yeah, I don't want to accuse anybody of anything that we're literally making up. Yeah, Charlize Theron created the redheads. <laughs> oh, hold on. Her lawyer's on the phone. <laughs> oh, no. Craig, can you uh, take a message? <laughs> Craig, tell her to fuck off. Yeah, we're not here. We're dead. I like that as a gag. At one point, we should actually be raided, and then we should play dead. <laughs> oh, yeah. First... First they first they try calling and Craig has to answer and say that we're dead and then they're like we're outside open up and Craig's like you're whatever your problem now they're dead and there we are on the ground with X's for eyes X's for eyes maybe when they look away one of us tries to squirt some some fake blood or something like that on ourselves try to rub it in like like some ketchup yeah we're sitting there we have the i don't think it is in the same scene but the homeless guy ran away and we've just got his shoelaces and we're making trying to make it look like it's our guts falling out of us that poor guy he ran away without his shoelaces yeah you just hear his boots go flop 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 
No, I think it's a separate thing. I don't think we get raided in this one. No, probably not. Columbo is there, and he he would, I don't know, he would do something. I, there has to be a reason he's always getting away with all the shit he does, and it's because he's omnipresent. He just knows when to not be there. Right. He's like Ra's al Ghul or whatever. He's super spooky. Okay, so how far did we get to? Where are we in the plot? We actually have him on our show now. He's assembling his clue board, and he's doing his shoelace gag. And so after that, see, Columbo... We started, we started with him having the vision, thanks to Tucker. He goes crazy, starts collecting all the things that go into his clue board, all the while listening to the new voice in his head that is a, a knight of me. And uh, he's trying to get a hold of anyone who will listen, but nobody else will. We, who are desperate to have people on the show, we've probably had a cancellation, like a last-minute cancellation. So uh, I tell you, or you tell me, whatever, we need to fill this time slot. Just go pick somebody up off the street, and we do. Well, and so I think, actually, because he saw us, because Tucker was the one that pulled it out of the bunny suit, so he saw us there when he first started hearing the voices, and so he's seeing posters for our show around town or advertisements on the internet or whatever, and so he feels he he knows that we're associated in some way, and so he's trying to figure out how to get to us, and so when we go out on the street to look for someone, he's right there, like kneeling down with his arms out, like he's found the temple or something. Right. So so one of us gets sent to go just pick somebody up off the street, and serendipity, he just happens to be there. Because he's looking for us just as we're looking for him. Yeah, and he sees the door open and he sees Tucker standing there looking around like, which bum out here am I going to grab? Nah, uh, if he says that, the straight woman needs to give him a stern look. No grabbing bums. Uh, I wonder which bum out here I'm going to grab. She just says, none. We don't do that. Not since last time. Not since the war. <laughs> the war. Don't mention the war. Okay, and so I, I have, have QI that's all i have qi i stopped watching it after a few too many seasons of sandy tobs big i don't sandy's good but she's not stephen fry good no i watched it for, i mean i like the show format but i watched it for stephen fry pretty much yeah me too i could listen to him forever and sean Locke and bill bailey and craig davies and all of them really well i think all of britain's been on the show True. All 16 of them that I just listed. Yeah. Uh, I actually, uh, yep, I can't think of a single British person on the planet who hasn't been on that panel. Has the Stig been on that panel? Probably. Well, I don't got to look that up, I guess. I don't know why they wouldn't do that. Okay, going back to, he's in our show, he does his bit, Columbo comes out, says, you're onto something, come with me. We do fast forward to now we're in the tomb. Do we can we like uh, dispose of any bullshit and just fast forward with the plot from that point? From from which particular point from the show? So he's on our show. He's done the shoelace gag. He's got the the conspiracy board up and we're kind of looking at him going like, I don't know about this. But that's when Columbo comes out from like the, the wings of our show and says, no, I think you really got something of interest here. Come with me. And we fast forward to the next crypt where we're looking for we have our translator of the tablet now or whatever. Has the uh, has our friend detailed some of the information that happens to be in his conspiracy previous to being on our show? 
if he's already said kind of more or less what it's about, then yes, we can absolutely fast forward because there's no need for him to repeat it on our show. Yeah, he, he if he hasn't if he hasn't said it at all, he can at least drop a little bit of exposition before Columbo shows up and totally takes over. Yeah, it can be done casually either as once the board is presented, he can give his little explanation of what his theory is, or it can fast forward and he can be asking a question about like, so when so everything that I thought was this thing was actually something, something like Columbo has revealed the detail to him that he didn't understand and he's catching up. I kind of want there to be a brief aside where this guy states the premise basically that this is this is the origin of redheads. And I kind of want, like, I want him to say it in a way that sounds vaguely, you know, discriminatory. And I want to look over to the straight woman and have her kind of give a non-committal shrug because either she doesn't know if we're crossing any lines or she doesn't care. Oh, so like we call him a, a, a ginga? That sounds like it might be pejorative. It is. It's like the UK, Australia, it's like ginger, but they say ginga and it's just a redhead. Okay, well, all that does is make them sound like dumbasses. True. But I don't know if we need to actually. I don't. I don't know if we need to use any explicitly pejorative language. Okay. We could use suggestive language. You know, stuff like "you people," stuff that isn't like explicit condemnation, so much as something that illustrates an otherness. Oh, does he? He approaches. Tucker, the homeless man approaches Tucker and is kind of like glancing sideways or sidelong at uh, at Todd and kind of like whispering out of the corner of his mouth to Tucker like he's one of them. <laughs> For a moment, I did forget that Todd is a redhead that that definitely needs to make some kind of a wave. So because so Tucker is like, OK, so what's your deal then? And he's like, he's kind of nervous. And he's like, well, I'm not sure if I can say can I talk to you for a second or something like that? So an aside where he refers to Todd being a redhead and that he doesn't like them or they are the problem. I still do want a moment where we look over to straight woman for her approval because we've become conditioned like good dogs to look to her to determine whether we're allowed to proceed with a concept. And I want her to either demonstrate that she doesn't care about gingers or gives us kind of a shrug where we're still we're still on the good side of the line okay so so the guy makes his reference like he's 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 one of them and like says it very effusively and that's when we look over at short or short woman straight woman and she's like reading a magazine or filing her nails or something and she looks at us like what no it's fine or something like that who gives a fuck yeah i i like it better if she doesn't even have an answer but she's just indignant about looking up from her magazine or does she just ignore us completely? She can't even be bothered. She's not giving any attention whatsoever. Is that funnier than indignant? Just total, totally ignoring us? Maybe she looks up and we kind of we do a little uh, violin sound effect. The the shr- the the questioning, the little up sound to look at her like I know it. I know it. And then she makes eye contact with us while like eating cereal and is quiet and then takes another bite or something like that. I think we just take her silence as acceptance and proceed. Yeah. All right. And then we proceed. And I guess if he, we let him detail whatever part of his theory he hasn't already explained to the audience. And uh, he's just about to reach some kind of important point when Columbo shows up uninvited. 
Combo shows up everywhere uninvited. He doesn't need to be invited. That's true, but he's never interrupted us in the middle of an interview, probably. I mean, he probably has. Do we say that? Do we draw attention to the gravity of the situation? You've never interrupted us in front of a taping. But since since he's omnipresent, he can just be like, of course I have. And then we can't really argue. We don't know. We're like, oh, oh yeah, I guess not. You would know, Columbo. I guess we just, we just kind of go, what? And then he's just like, never mind that. And then just like takes the scene okay, back. Okay, I like that. Huh? He doesn't, he doesn't have to explain himself to us. No, that is not his lot in life. So we move. We have now established the... Oh, so does he... Do we give him a whole bunch of speech right now saying why it's of interest or do we move forward? Who who would give a speech? Columbo. Is he informing the guy why it's of importance or can we show and not tell? I mean, the fact that Columbo showed up at all does indicate that there is more to it than just some mad rambling. But I do think he probably should say that uh, you're on to something or something of that nature. and then. What would what do we how do we skip out of that in an elegant way? Well, I was I was imagining either it's like like a, a rotating frame edit of we were in this place and now we're in this place. And then maybe that's when he can do a little bit of exposition as they're walking through the tomb. Or we can do an Indiana Jones. Here's the map with the red dashed lines. And then he can do a little bit of chat while that happens. So we're already looking for the tomb. We just go straight from an interrupted taping to the tomb. Well, we know. I mean, I'm fine with that because I absolutely hate travel montages. Say that again. I'm fine. I'm fine with that. I absolutely hate travel montages. That was the worst part of Shrek. I remember. Is that the I would walk 1,000 miles? They had like 10 travel montages in that film, and they were all yeah, terrible. The whole, the whole movie is travel montages. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's like a dialogue scene for five minutes followed by a travel montage. That's the whole movie. It's like a Metal Gear Solid game. Yikes. Savage criticism warranted criticism metal gear solid is shrek hey solid shrek <laughs> just imagining him in a green box now okay so no travel montage you want an elegant cut do they need to go somewhere first do they need to go to colombo's lair i don't know if they need to go to colombo's lair i definitely think that colombo needs to say some kind of phrase that sufficiently closes out that particular part of the scene uh like it needs to have some kind of finality to it or at least be delivered with such a tone that like it warrants no dis no further discussion and then we're immediately backstage where he gives us a brief rundown of what's happening and where we have to go and i don't know how the secret is in his mind because the whatever kind of monstrous intelligence happens to be contained in the tablet is now living inside of our homeless guy's head Ooh, and so instead of a travel montage, can is our elegant way that we're going to use the green screen here? And we go like, how are we going to get there? And we say green screen. And one character is like, what? And we look over and the den, the, the tomb or whatever where we're going is on the green screen. And we just walk onto the green screen and now we're there. I like that a lot. We've been looking for excuses to use the green screen and basically using it as some kind of instantaneous transport that makes no sense whatsoever besides that it's narratively convenient is perfect for me. Yeah, it's like hopping into the painting in uh, Mary Poppins or whatever. I think paint, hopping into paintings was made truly cool by Mario. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's fair. And Blue's Clues. I think Blue's Clues stole it from Mario. 
Oh, that's another conspiracy theory that we have to discuss on our show at one point is the Blues Clues still the hopping into paintings from Mario. I mean, I don't mind if we discuss it on our way hopping into this painting, but we better hop into it. Okay, yeah. But no. that's that's an excellent way for us to completely skip out on a travel montage, and I don't mind if we say that too. What, were you hoping for a travel montage? And then we just jump right in. Yeah, Tucker's like, I hate, no, I hate travel montages. I fucking hate them. They're just an excuse to show different shots in different places while playing a song, and then just like panning the camera around the people as either they walk, or they drive, or they run. Yeah, we had to pay 13 salaries for a B unit, so we gotta use this footage. It's just, it contributes nothing to the plot, it just suggest that time is passing and people are moving and that there's a much better way to do that it's a good excuse to play a rusted root song i yeah okay that's fair but it's probably the only excuse to do that and if it's the only one do you really need to play it at all actually, no i'm actually what we're going to do is when we hop as we hop into the green screen i'm going to play one second of send me on my way and then it's going to cut off immediately <laughs> I, I keep hearing it over in my mind. It's just, wow, that was fast. <laughs> yeah. Now yeah. I kind of I kind of want to have a scene later on where we jump back and forth through the green screen to try and listen to more of the song. Oh, yeah, we're like, I like that song, and we're trying to gimmick it. That's so funny. It just keeps playing the same two seconds over and over again. Yeah, it it doesn't continue the song. It just repeats. It rewinds and in fact, it when we go, again. it go. In fact, it plays in reverse when we go back the other way. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. It's just scrubbing through it. What a piece of shit! That's so funny. Oh, this shit makes me laugh out loud. Yeah, the best way to do a scene transition is not a travel montage. It's just to end the scene on a final note and then transition to the next one, and then I don't know, throw on a couple of lines of openings like text be like blah 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 two hours later oh that one yes i want to do plays on those i would also like to do at some point a play on the star wars scroll which is also very fast like a one second flash of a star wars scroll just the one note. oh oh <laughs> yeah i would love to and it's one of the scripts yeah oh yeah that's perfect <laughs> because it's a big pile of dialogue that's just like ready to go. Like we can just copy and paste it in there and then have it zoom through. It just lightning flies fast. through absurdly fast. I'm going to do one of those tonight just to see what it looks like. <laughs> uh, that would be a good excuse. That's funny. Actually, maybe that's what we do here. No. Yes. We arrive in the new place. Is it, is, it, is it an okay thing to do that in the middle? Is it funnier if it's in the middle where it doesn't belong? Or is it funnier if it is at the beginning where you expect it? You know what? That's probably a good point. Or is it both? It's probably funniest. It's probably both, but it is probably funniest where it's least appropriate. And like during a rapid scene transition, it's almost as jarring as that one to two seconds of music, especially if it plays during the one to two seconds of music. Yeah, maybe the two seconds of music plays and one of the characters is confused about where the music came from because we are going to do a gag with it, right? So does it come, we do the gag with the song and then one of us questions how that's happening and then as you're in the middle of saying the thing, you're interrupted by the... <laughs> oh, oh, 
You mean like the text goes flying through fast enough that it actually alarms people? Yeah. Oh, so we say uh, we get somebody has to try and duck it. Almost hits them. We get <laughs> that's funny. We get done with the the scrubbing back and forth thing, and we're like, oh well. So, anyways, what is this place? And Columbo is about to launch into his explanation of what it is, and that's when it, we did get a a jump scare with the the fast scroll. Okay, so he gets he he starts. Does he? Does he just open his mouth and then it happens, or does he actually manage to get a couple of words out and then get interrupted? I think he gets, if not a couple words, a syllable or two out. It's 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 that he has to get something out but nothing, and then is interrupted with that, and he's like, okay, well anyway, TLDR, because he knows that he gets interrupted. All right, so somebody somebody has to duck because the words nearly clip. Oh, so is it not on black? It's and... a scroll on the image. Yeah, I think it should scroll right over them, oh, okay. and I think it should almost hit someone. And since you're tallest, I nominate I you. I can do that. I can figure out. We can actually time it so that two characters are standing close to each other, and then the scroll flies through, and we separate at the same time. To to just to evade it. To evade it, yeah. There's got to be the whoa! What was that? Where did that come from? Columbo, of course, is completely unfazed, except. That it interrupted him. He uh, must have saw that coming. Exposition. Though. Oh yes, I definitely want to respond to exposition with disgust. Yeah, Columbo hates the exposition. Wow, we've just totally made fun of two kind of narrative tropes: the travel montage and just like streamed exposition. Yeah, we've we accidentally end up doing some pretty clever stuff by just linking four other funny things that have nothing to do with each other together. And we're totally, you know, doing literary criticism. Tucker and Todd. Carlin would be proud. Maybe. I don't know. Fuck me. Never mind. <laughs> fuck Tucker. Tucker sucks. <laughs> fuck Tucker. Tucker sucks. And fuck Tucker's friend Todd. I know if anybody's a fan out there and knows that the in the bit he says fuck Tucker's friend Kyle. Yes, I edited it so that the fucking show bit worked. That's that's the best part. And it sounds seamless to me. It sounds, yeah, I mean, I, I think I sewed it together pretty good. And the thing is, when we do end up doing that interview where Carlin is mad at us, we can bring out him being mad at Kyle and Kenny and Benny and all of them. Do we, like, pan the camera over and they're just, like, a couple of guys, like, just, like, they're standing there by, uh, I don't know, what are they doing? They got coffee. That's That's what I'm going for. Yeah, I'm thinking that they're lined up next to our brick wall. And maybe we have a water cooler. I'll add a water cooler. They're standing around a water cooler by the brick wall and it just does a, a or maybe they're lined up. It's like the usual suspects and actually, oh, fuck. Wait a second. We should do a usual suspects with the names that Carlin hates. Ah, I like that idea so much better. And so it's scrolling over the the lineup as you got all these guys and naming them off. I want to have Kevin Spacey in there, but I want his face to be censored just like Joshua's was. I want his face to be censored and I think I want him to be in an orange jumpsuit with a black eye. And he's definitely not Kaiser Soze this time. No, he's just Kevin Spacey. <laughs> is, is he Kevin Spacey or does he get to be Kyle or something? And his nickname is Verbal Kyle. Really? Well, I thought that's what we were doing. Fuck Tucker's friend Kyle. Oh, wait, he can't be Kyle. If he's Tucker's friend Kyle, I don't want to be friends with Kevin Spacey. Oh, yeah. He can be somebody else. This has been complicated. Okay, so we have jumped into yeah, the team. Uh, yeah, we, we, <laughs> we just avoided that big string of exposition and Columbo is disgusted by it, but we're at the temple. Is Columbo disgusted by it? I feel like Tucker is definitely disgusted by it. Tucker hates exposition the most. 
And then Columbo is annoyed because he wanted to give the exposition. Is it fair for Tucker to be to because Tucker did just say that he hates travel montages or I, I guess he's just the guy who hates everything. Is that what you consider a part of his character? I don't know if I'd consider it part of his character, but it's definitely part of me. And I, I'm, I want to make fun of these things through someone in the show. Yeah, well, because I just feel like the 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 exposition stream interrupted Columbo. He wanted to give it because he likes he likes to monologue. Does does he do a little bit of a drama queen thing where he's like he throws a little tantrum because he didn't get to do his monologue? He practiced it. I practiced. Oh, I see it. I see it now. He's like, oh, I wanted to give the exposition, and that's when Tucker can say, "Oh, I hate exposition." It's okay for Columbo to be pathetic and weak sometimes because we know that he is actually like omnipresent. Yeah, he's allowed to sometimes be just like a bit of a bitch. I like that. Oh, but I wanted to give the exposition. Ugh, I hate exposition. I practiced that exposition for three weeks in front of the mirror. And he knows because he did it all like in one second because he just like did it forwards and backwards in time, that son of a bitch. Does one of us point that out? We saw you practice for like one second. And then he's like, you know the what I'm saying. Are we actually aware of his omnipresence, or does he just seem really weird to us? No, we're not, right? Because we have said before that if we meet him traveling in time, we'll be confused and he won't. Yeah, it, like it makes sense to him, but not to us. Oh, are we kind of weirded out by him acting that way? Are we like, I don't understand why he gets, he just gets this way. Yeah, he probably gives us some of those uncanny valley vibes. Oh, or or the homeless man is weirded out, and he's like, is he going to be okay? And we're like, yeah, he gets this way sometimes. Is he going to be okay? No. But he never was. And no, but he's never been not okay. No, he's just never been okay. He's Columbo. He's weird. Yeah, but we always pull through. And one more thing. <laughs> oh, yeah, and his boohoo voice. He's, he's going through the jerk list. And one more thing. He's sad about. Yeah. All right. So Columbo's sassy and bitchy about not getting to the exposition. Tucker hates the exposition. We're at the temple. So we do the bit where we're going the opposite direction in the same place that we were last time. And then and we pointed out. Yeah, of course. Maybe there even is one of the boobs left over. It's deflated or something. <laughs> yeah. Or or like uh, at some point during our escape from that temple, like we could have like broken a, like a torch or something or left some other kind of mark on a wall somewhere. And it's there. Is it the Superman S from the 90s? Did one of no, us... no, we're not allowed to do that. OK, but I do think we should like either that or like we dropped something and it's still there. Like somebody lost a shoe or something. Oh, hey, I remember that. No, you don't. Maybe we left somebody there last time and their skeleton is there now. Oh, I like that much better. I just want something to absolutely confirm the truth of what we deny that it's the same place. Okay, so we'll have to go back to the booby trap bit, but maybe we have a character in the booby trap bit that we like happen upon, uh, like by happenstance, uh, like a one-off character that we never see again, except for in this bit when we see their skeleton, we're like, God damn. Oh, well, we definitely need the guy who screws us over only to die later to a trap after he screws us over. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Standard Raider's trope. What is the guy's name in the beginning? Throw me the whip, not until you toss me the idol. In The Mummy, it's Benji, or Benny, or whatever. Benny! Benny. Yeah, Benny. That guy looks like you're on the wrong side of the river. Benny is just a dickhead at every possible is turn. It? 
is it Benny? We meet Benny in that bit? You know what? I'm perfectly fine with it being Benny. He seems like an acceptable target no matter what. So, like, he's dead and he's still got that stupid hat on. And I, re- I recently learned that the mummy is actually as important to our generation as it was to me. Really? I didn't realize it's like a big, like, cult movie amongst people are, are in the region of our age. I did watch it a couple of times. It was pretty good. It was my parents, or not my parents, my grandparents in Texas owned two movies. They owned Forrest Gump and they owned The Mummy. So I've seen both of those movies about 200 times each. I don't like Forrest Gump very much. Because you're a stoic? No, because I think he's weird. <laughs> he definitely is weird. Did you know in the book he goes to space? You know what? That would make about as much sense as some of the stuff that happened in that film. He goes to space with a gorilla. I think the gorilla's name is Rose. I, I don't even know what to make of that. Somebody's in space with a gorilla? It's like a Mr. Magoo who accidentally wanders onto the ship. Named named Rose, but the gorilla's a male? No, it's Rose from the Titanic. She's real she's she's super old and she's she's super old and she's trying to give me her necklace and I don't like it. <laughs> She's the oldest woman in the world, so she won a trip on the rocket. She's still alive. It's a bur- it's a burial at space, but nobody wants to tell her. <laughs> okay, God. <laughs> All right, so we just we just passed we just passed Benny's skeleton. It's wearing the fez. Shortly after, yeah, it's wearing the fez hat. We just passed his skeleton. It's still like it has the skull impaled on one of the wall spikes or something. It's still clutching a booby. <laughs> a, a skeleton of a booby. <laughs> 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 it's got like a rib cage. Yeah, it's got a rib cage with like a, a supple pouting breast. Oh my gosh. <laughs> it's a skeletal boob. How? How? <laughs> so it's all funny. soft tissue. But that's what makes it funny. It's just <laughs> so like the funny. skeleton of a boob somehow. He's just clinging to it. He's drawn a Wilson face on it. <laughs> okay, then maybe the maybe the spike shouldn't be through his head or something. It should just he should be stuck like in a net or something. Yeah. Okay, so we're walking down the hallway. One of us asks if we've been here before. The other says, "Nah, nah. This is a totally different place than that. Look, we're even going in the other direction." And that's just like one moment before we pass by the skeleton of Benny and this the skeleton and then it'll be shortly after that before we wind up in the exact same chamber that had the MacGuffin in the last one. And now there's the tablet there. And so do we need our homeless guy to touch it or do we need him to just be in the pro- when he walks into the proximity of it? There's like a, 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 f- a field, an effervescent field begins to spread throughout the room. I think everybody gets a terrible headache and develops like they all go deaf and all they hear is like a terrible ringing in their ears because it's uh, 2001 a space odyssey we just found the monolith and is the the ringing in their ears a knee voice <laughs> i don't see why not it's just one shrill note knee yeah cuz now we've brought that guy back and then the the consciousness that had split off the tablet is now returned to it and the homeless guy is probably clear-headed for the first time in months does does he like snap out of it and be like where the hell am i or is he cognizant of everything that's occurred oh wait sorry i was i was thinking a little bit so did you say that everybody froze around him or are they all like clutching their skulls with the ringing and he is like serene yeah like uh they're all clutching their heads at least for a moment it it does clear it doesn't last for the entire scene 
And does he start to speak in a voice that isn't? Well, no, I'm gonna assume that the whatever splinter of consciousness that left the tablet and went into him returns to the tablet. Does he snap out of it and stop being crazy, or is he cognizant of everything that's occurred and everything that he knows? Oh, interesting. Because I like the idea. I'm I am liking the idea of he snaps out of it. Because if he sna- he wouldn't remember anything. Like if he snaps out of it and he's just like, "Where the hell am I? What's going on? Who are you? What's that thing?" I mean, we can we can squeeze that for a little bit of humor, but then we have a character who is good for nothing. Or I mean, that could be the end of it. Is he goes, "Wait, what's been going on?" And then he gets sl- he gets slammed with a yellow scroll of exposition. It like nails him to the wall. Oh, another one comes by. Meow, boom, just takes and he gets murdered with it. And then we're just and then we shrug and that. Does it ha- does it have to kill him or can it just take him out? Oh, maybe it just knocks him out and he slumps over and we're like, oh, well, that saves us a story. Or here's an alternative take: the camera pans to focus on our homeless guy who is now uh, like, who are you? What's going on? Where am I? And then like uh, something draws our attention back, and Columbo and the tablet are gone. And we're lost. And then do we, like he took he took there? it and left us there with this guy who doesn't know who we are. I I want the I want the mood and the energy to be very similar to like the the very sudden end of um oh shit that was our only face blur like just oh an exclamation and then cut yeah like uh, he just abandoned us there with this guy now what kind of ending would we apply to that or is it funnier to have the another wall of exposition come by and take this guy out. And do we have to now be in fear for our lives from random piles of text flying through the air? Let me think, cuz. Okay, cuz. Cuz. He makes off with the thing and we notice he's gone. As I'm trying to fit, like, do we, I mean, do we care? Are, are we annoyed that we're now stuck here with this guy? Or do we accept our fate? Obviously, we're annoyed that we're now with this guy who's just a normal dude. He was interesting when he was crazy, and now he's suddenly not. I, f- I feel like we could make... Th- that could be a line of dialogue. Like, wow, this guy sure was a lot more interesting when he was blah, 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 blah. And then that's when it could be the final exclamation. Did we realize that we lost something that we needed to get out? I, d- I don't know, but we definitely just got abandoned. Like, I definitely think that regardless of which scenario we go with, Columbo took the opportunity to grab that tablet and abandon yeah, it. Yeah, without telling us anything, which is good for moving the story along. Yeah, we've got we've got nothing now, and now we've got, well, okay, we've got nothing except for this guy. We just lost Craig. Does he start doing something absurd with his shoelaces? Do we go back to the shoelaces? Oh, is that even still a joke now that he's not crazy? And what happened to Craig? Was Craig with us the whole time? I guess he would have been. He's always. He was. I just heard him leave. He went badoo. Oh, oh, that Craig. Oh, I see. I didn't get. Oh, I see. I didn't see the message. 1028. Oh, it was only a minute ago. Okay. Yeah, but he is gone. Did you want to bring him back or is that necessary? Well, no, it's not necessary because Giark stays the whole time. But let me just see if I can bring him back just for the sake of it. Please do, because I don't trust Giark any more than I trust Craig. Okay, I'll kick one out and do the redo. That means you'll have to download two things. Oh, yes, I'll make a mental note of that now. Do I need to do two things? I don't want to do that. <laughs> oh, no. Then try to just bring Craig back in, I guess. No, he doesn't want to. Okay, then we're just going to proceed. We've got Giark, and he was our backup, and I'm so glad we have him. Yeah, if he drops out, then we'll pay closer attention to it. Okay, so... Well, if if he drops out, 
it will go Badoo, and I'll notify you, and then you'll have two things to download anyways. But until then, you just have the one. Yeah. He has not failed us yet. Craig fairly consistently does. Craig has failed us a grand total of two times. For real. For real, Craig. You're in uh, hot water, sir. He's on thin fucking ice, my pedigree chub. Hot water on top of thin ice. Okay, so we need to roll this around and uh, figure out how we end this. Does this guy dodge a flying pile of exposition, and that's what draws our attention away from Columbo long enough for him to escape? Say that one more time, sorry. We need to figure out how we're going to end this. Does the does our homeless guy get knocked down, taken out by a flying pile of exposition? And is this just the distraction Columbo needs to make his escape? Because I, like, I kind of like that idea. I like that it was dodged once, and then it actually... I mean, that could be extremely hard to actually end up animating. I think you could do it really cheaply and really horribly with like some... Like, shitty Mortal Kombat 1 blood VFX? Oh, yeah. Actually, that would be fun. I, I have been thinking about, like, getting some, like, free effects assets just to throw in. Explosions and smoke and stuff like that. Uh, especially if they don't fit. Like, uh, like a 16-bit explosion just... Yeah. Com- complete with, like, duck hunt sounds. Actually, maybe, yeah, the, the the stream of exposition hits our homeless guy and there's a little 16-bit explosion. <laughs> Look at the editing on that. We'll fix it in post. I like that. And then and then we're like, wow, did Columbo, did you see that? And then he's gone. Ah, fuck, he's gone. And oh, and then we go, oh, well, this was absurd and stupid. Let's go home. And we just walk off the green screen back into the studio. Well, that seems highly unlikely. Then we can go. I, I wouldn't say that because Columbo abandoning abandoning us and doing stuff that's weird is highly likely. Is it, maybe that's what you say. Well, that was highly. He's gone, and you say, well, that was highly likely. Wow, that was actually highly likely. <laughs> yeah. Okay, I like. And that. then yeah, we just we just get back out of the green screen because we're bored. I'm bored. Are you bored? Yeah, let's get out of here. And I guess we on. just. We leave the homeless guy. He's been knocked out. We didn't check if he was alive or not. We just leave him. In another bit, we will see him with Benny's skeleton hanging out. Two skeletons hanging out. Oh, he's got his... Does he have his own boob? Yeah, probably. I mean, I'm thinking maybe we'll do like an afterlife kind of bit. And then those are characters that we'll meet there. They're in the afterlife. They've each just got like a boob. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Maybe we don't meet their skeletons. We meet them as like ghosty angel characters. And they've each got their little... Uh, boob familiar. <laughs> All right, so we return to the studio, and that's scene. Yeah, that's scene. That was the longest bit we've ever done, I think. That was even longer than the bit we did about the movie. It was. Yeah, it's 10.30. We've got time for probably one more bit. So this will be a two-bit cast instead of the usual three-bit, because one of them is huge. We've gone on little tangents. There's been little tangents. I need to start keeping up with I need to do a better job because I want timestamps in our archive. I got our archive started. I got them all divided into like bits and episodes. But now I want to. Yeah, I saw it. Doing doing timestamps will be difficult because we do like to do tangents and I don't want to remove them completely. Tangents lead to fun. Yeah, I'll never remove the tangents. So many of our bits have come from tangents. Okay, let's pick another one from the list. Should we do the, the chimney on the roof? Oh, I just realized we forgot to really do the fisherman thing and then we killed the homeless guy (laughs) it's okay yeah so it's not that (laughs) he doesn't have to be dead though like he can come back as one of the fishermen yeah but maybe columbo 
saves him. But yeah, I guess we better not. Yeah, okay. He's not dead dead. He's a fisherman. And uh, maybe that's how you become a fisherman. You have to be <laughs> murdered by one of Columbo's plot devices. Interesting. And then he what? Just like brings you back? Yeah, he's like a vampire of some sort. He brings you back wrong. L like a monkey's paw resurrection. And he's like a reanimator. Spooky. Okay. Do you think we can do anything with that chimney that will last for a whole bit? No, that might be one of our sitcom set bits. Oh, one of those real short, short ones. Yeah, remember when Grandpa got arrested for fraud and he goes back in time and he's trying to get a refund on his chimney because it's clearly on the roof. We're on the house, right? <laughs> yeah, it's clearly on the house. Okay, that is good. <laughs> but that will be, yeah, that'll be yeah, for okay, the. Okay, that's sitcom. brief. Uh, do we? Okay, school shooting. Oh, I like that one. Yes, let's do that. Okay, my premise. And, of course, all the other shootings. All the, yeah, because that's what it was. A grad photographer gets arrested for posting ads for, quote, school shooting. And during the interrogation, keeps digging himself deeper with bizarre photography innuendo that sounds homicidal. Uh, let me jump into the discussion. Wow, what the hell? There's so. Oh, yes, I said you said you spat out your drink. I said services available. Wedding shooting, family shooting, school shooting, boudoir shooting. <laughs> I'll I'd, I'll happily shoot your wife. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> just just bring her over. I'll happily shoot your wife. <laughs> and is, so is he dressed like the stereotypical? He's got like uh, a vest on with all the pockets, and he's got cargo shorts, and he's got four cameras hanging off of his shoulders. Oh, he's got he's got like he's got like uh, underarm holsters, and he's got like a trench coat. Yeah, underarm holsters, and I was gonna say maybe he has like slick assassin briefcases that he keeps his camera gear in and there is like spy trope camera edits of him pulling his equipment out or something like that and of course he's wearing shitty fingerless gloves <laughs> yeah okay so all right so he has all the hallmarks of an actual shooter but he's a photographer and he just takes it too seriously and and when he comes to using this terminology. Yeah, so is it is it an interrogation and they're trying to get to the bottom of what do you mean by wedding shooting? Well, you know, I show up to a wedding. Yeah, go ahead. And you know, I have all my equipment with me. Yeah, sir. Proceed. And uh, I set up the tripod. Okay. And uh, you know, I set up the lenses. And then I just get to shooting. I uh, I shoot everybody I see. You know, <laughs> yeah, they they pay me. I'm paid for the whole night. I shoot everybody that I can, like hopefully everyone. Honestly, yeah, I uh, I always feel bad if a, a night ends and there's somebody I didn't shoot. Like they often come up to me and then they oh wait what shoot my say? kids. Yeah, shoot my kids. Oh yeah, they count the, uh, the the oh what is the word for it when you have when business that you're doing in one place accrues you business in other places? What's the ah? I I actually just discussed that the other day, but I forget like what it when is. it feeds into itself. Ah, fuck. I'm going to have to figure that out. But it's like self-generating, is that the word? Self-generating business or whatever. He he goes to weddings and people come up and ask if I can shoot their kids, if I can shoot their family. And I always say yes. I, I'm always happy to shoot someone's family. Oh, a couple times I've shot some dogs. <laughs> I like this too much. Actually, that's been really popular. <laughs> <laughs> I like this too much. He's just so casual. The cops are like aghast. Yeah, who shoots a dog except cops? Are they the Canadian cops from before? They're the Fargo cops. Hey, who shoots a dog? 
<laughs> oh man, I was hoping they would be back. I remember they in they interviewed our last guy. They interviewed our last guy. They should be interviewing this guy. Is the interrogation taking place in the car on their show? Yeah, why not? He's the next guest on convicts in a car and getting questioned. By two police officers. Hey, that's detectives to you, eh? Okay. All right. What other terminology does he use? I, I really like the bit where he set up the lenses and the tripod, and then he just starts shooting. <laughs> oh, it's so silly. Okay, so other circumstances. So that is the wedding shooting. Oh, man, the, the, the tripod stuff at the wedding was so good. I wish I could come up with another bit of dialogue that was as smart as that in the same direction. Maybe it just can't be done because there's only so many ways to do photography. Oh, you can always start cracking jokes about, like, setting a timer on it so that it shoots itself. Oh, yeah, I've got a couple set up with self-timers. You should see, uh, you should see the flash fire. Do you mean, do you mean the muzzle flash? You should see me light up those kids. Those kids are dead. Oh, yeah, maybe that's, a, yeah, he says, you should see me light up those kids, and they're like, sir, and he's like, with the flash. Is he defensive, or he still isn't on, he still isn't in on, he doesn't realize that he's actually under suspicion. Yeah, he, he definitely doesn't realize that he's talking like a goddamn murderer. He doesn't sound like he's a serial gun shooter. He's just continuing to use these terms to refer to his profession of just taking pictures, and he has no idea that everybody else regards this as insane. And he just kind of remains ignorant no matter what their reaction is. Is there some way that we can say, like, you know how to take a photo, you say cheese, and also if you were to shoot up some people, you would turn them into Swiss cheese? Can we blend those together somehow? Interesting. Interesting. How, how can we connect those? Can't. It's not connecting in my brain right now. I don't like any of the ways that it's wrapping around. This concept is so good, but I'm starting to wonder if we're equipped to handle it. <laughs> we're too stupid for our own bits. <laughs> That's funny in and of itself, though. I did. I had suggested that perhaps mall cop or sorry, mail cop could show up and make a reference to going postal. That one would actually be a reference to Brooklyn Nine Nine. Would it be? Because they they deal with a a mail guy who continually refers to himself as a federal agent, and then he gives a completely false description of what going postal means, and it's oh. definitely all positive things. I was going to say that perhaps he starts, maybe after he has been oblivious for a long time, he starts looking at them, going like, you guys are talking about like I've gone postal or something, and mail cop pokes his head in and goes, hey! <laughs> He's next in line to be interviewed. That's my thing. Do they ask him a question about how business has been, and he says he's been making a killing? Ooh, is that too on the nose, or is that funny? I've been killing it. I don't know. <laughs> He's like a bro. I've been slaying, bro. Yikes. What a guy. I was going to say, maybe cause they're making a killing. Yeah, it's been highway robbery, and they're like, seriously? And he's like, no, not seriously. More like I've been making a killing. No, that doesn't work. I do kind of like the highway robbery thing. Like, we're branching out into other crimes. <laughs> the cops start taking notes. Go on. <laughs> he starts just using a bunch of metaphors for committing crimes, and they're like, he's got a whole list. He's just got 97 charges. It's a confession, man. Oh, there can... I, I wonder if it's impossible for us to have the radio come on and somebody says that they've got a shooter over on such and such an avenue and they race over there and it's a guy taking pictures. Okay. Is he taking pictures of... No, I think uh, I think he's being arrested because he broke into the sexy kids part at the orphanage. I just wanted to see what was in there. 
that way he's not even a shooter anymore. Now he's just trying to take pictures of children. Well, that's sort of interesting because we were saying that the guy who was taking photos was we were pretending that he was a bad guy because he was killing. And then we take a guy who is taking photos, but they're bad photos. Yes, these are bad photos or hypothetically. I don't I don't want to say whether or not he actually successfully took any, but he was going to try. He had a camera and he looked weird and creepy. And he smiled. And so the guy who wasn't actually doing anything wrong is being interrogated for a crime. And the guy who is actually doing something wrong, does he get off scot-free or do we need him to have some sort of comeuppance? He can't get away with that. Oh, well, I imagine he was already in cuffs by the time we got on the scene. Some other cops got other cops got there first and he's getting hauled out. And they're like, what, what did he do? Well, he tried to tried to break into the orphanage there and take pictures of the kids well maybe the 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 the, they rush to the scene and they have for some reason the original photographer with him and then the original photographer is too slow to catch up to what's going on and says see i don't know what you guys are making a fuss out of he and i are just doing the same thing and then they both get arrested and they're in the the back of the cop car that's the end you mean he suggested that he was trying to take pictures of the children well, because he sees the guy by with the camera. saying that they were doing the same thing. He sees the guy with the camera, and he says, I don't know why you've given us so much grief. We're just out here trying to make a living off a of shooting. Brutal. And then, yeah, they're both arrested. Yeah, because he committed to corroboration or whatever. I wanna, I'm want i going to treasure that moment, though. When, when <laughs> Okay, go on. When I set up the tripod. That's a keeper. I think that is the, uh, yeah. What are you you're supposed to, to, to lead with your best material? Yeah, and uh, you did. That was, I think that might actually be the most we can squeeze out of that next to trying to make a separate shooter joke. Yeah, it's little things peppered throughout, but I think that is the the main thrust. <laughs> Gross. Deja vu, weird. Double deja vu, actually. Is it always double deja vu? I mean, technically it is. Yeah. Bizarre. All right, do we want to try and squeeze in like a, a 10 or 15 minute bit or are we going to wind it down? I think we potentially could because the next one under that line is the dad bod model. I feel like that could be quick. That could maybe be a sitcom thing. That's dad. The dad the character in the sitcom is a dad bod. All right, model. all right. Let's see where this goes. We've got a dad bod model. What kind of clothes does he model? Oh, I said a male model keeps mishearing his agent say on the plus side. And so maybe he's got a little muffin top, so he's self-conscious. So he keeps spinning out. He's got an agent who's extremely opti- like optimistic. And every time he's trying to give him good news, he says on the plus side. And he, the guy thinks that he's saying like that he's like a, a plus size, plus side and plus size. Yeah. So he hears one and thinks the other on the plus side. And all he hears is nice muffin top. I am not plus size. But he he does have a bit of a. A muffin top. He's got a dad bod going on. And so is the cut to that, like somebody's having a conversation and they're trying to say, you're so sensitive. And he's like, no, I'm not. And he says, remember when your brief stint as a model? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so does he actually blow up then? Blow up like he's like on top of the the model food chain? Well, see, if somebody's saying, yeah, you are very sensitive. Remember your time as a male, as a model? Like, what kind of stuff did he model, first of all? I mean, would it be funny if it was just, like, socks or gloves or something like that? There is such a thing as foot and hand models. And I think it would be kind of funny if, if not now, to later do a hand model who 
takes themselves super seriously and regards their entire body as incredibly beautiful, even though they just have really nice hands. You know, someone who I'm a, I'm a model. Excuse me. Yeah. But he or she only actually models their hands. Nobody's ever seen the rest of them, but they think they're famous. Important because their hands are recognizable. But I don't think that one works here. I don't think that one works here. This guy needs to be seen for his muffin top yeah. matter. I think he wears middle-aged man casual wear. Well, I was gonna say, is he like an abdomen model? Like he's a gut model? Or Jesus, is that a thing? I hope it's not. Like I'm tra- should it be like a hand model, or should it be something that we've made up, a body part that you wouldn't actually model, but this guy's highly regarded for it, like an earlobe model or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> the finest earlobes on the west coast yeah or he's like a nose model is there a constantly zoomed up way close on his nose i don't know if that's i think we should probably you know what maybe we never actually have to illustrate what kind of model he ever was we just need the conversation between him and his agent his optimistic guy who said on the plus side and then he goes from there but like if he's if that counts as an incident an instance of being too sensitive what's his reaction to that does he really flip out does he flip a table over does he does he smash a, a vase i mean maybe perhaps we could recreate a famous tantrum from a movie in that case it definitely needs to be one where somebody sweeps all of the contents off of a desk or may, or or does he hear that and he starts quietly angrily piling things on top of a desk and we're like what are you doing he says just one second and then he finally gets a bunch of things on top of a desk that was already empty and then he swipes them all off and he's like oh i always wanted to do that i like that a lot actually and uh i i hope later if nobody minds if tucker does that but he actually has to go and get a stool so that he can get up high enough to knock stuff off of the desk is it sort of like uh he's alone it's late at night he's in the studio alone and he's looking around to make sure nobody is watching he gets his stool, he piles the things up, and he's like, yeah, I always wanted to do that. I think the most embarrassing part is that he has to get a stool. <laughs> he lives a life of no tables. He just lives a life of like conveniently being elsewhere or finding something else to do instead of having to like reach high or any anything that's not uh, at the top of a ladder that any reasonable average person would have to climb, he avoids. So he doesn't go anywhere near high shelves. If there's something up there that he needs, he just convinces himself he doesn't need it. Sour grapes, you know. Oh, I was thinking maybe this guy is a eyebrow model. And we could do a funny visual gag where his eyebrows are overgrown. And I have yarn coming through a face. And it's just pouring out of the eyebrows. Long, 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 crazy eyebrows. And that's where we say, yes, I understand how... Uh, your recent overgrowth has been causing some issues with your career, but on the plus size, and that's when he screams, Oh, okay. I like that. And that actually gives us a reason to, uh, say on the plus side. Right. Okay. <laughs> yeah. All right. So he's got some bushy eyebrows and we can, we can make a visual gag out of that. That's funny. And so then he has his tantrum and then does he actually do the hang on a moment? And then he stacks a bunch of stuff on the desk so he can spit all off. Yeah, it takes a couple seconds and everybody has to watch while he like mutters and uh, uh, Yosemite Sam's to himself. All right. So he's done his grumbling and he swipes his stuff off the desk. And is that when it immediately segues right back to the sitcom moment where they're like, you are pretty sensitive. Remember when? Hmm, was there a remember when that cuts to that scene or do we open with that scene and then it cut? Hmm. 
No, that's probably just like a scene that opens up to that scene, and that scene includes a remember when. Although it would be pretty funny to include a remember when inside of a remember when, and then never go back to the first one, so we just leave it hanging forever. And then after the credits, do we have a post-credit sequence where one of the characters from the first remember when is like, where did everybody go? Yeah, still there. Still in remember when limbo. <laughs> I like that a lot. Well, now that's a whole new thing. We have the it's like an island of misfit toys. It's the remember when limbo. Yeah, for all of those like remember when scenes that never got completed. For all those we remembered and then forgot. <laughs> Every time a new one shows up, they're all like, one of us. One of us. Yeah, if, if we ever actually see that place, occasionally a new figure has to pop into existence there as other scenes are, like, left behind, like they're dropped calls. Yeah, it's the it's the hub of all of the, once again, Monsters, Inc. doors into that Nepalese mountaintop. All right, so he's an eyebrow model. Yeah, with long, overflowing, yarn, riggedy and yarn eyebrows. Yep, that's, 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 that is a good gag. In high school, I shaved my eyebrows off because I was, you know, going through something or whatever. And <laughs> I was going through something. Yeah, like you know, I wanted to self-mutilate without actually doing any self-mutilating or whatever it was. I wanted to stand out and be different. It was a bad look. It was not good. Everybody called me cancer kid. It wasn't very nice. But the fear was, oh, I have only ever grown out eyebrows once in my life. I'm not really sure if my body knows that when it grows eyebrows back, it's supposed to stop. What if my eyebrows keep growing and growing? And I was genuinely concerned and anxious about it for a while. I'm going to assume that that was before you figured you could do that with pubes because they're basically the same. Well, no, because that was high school. I didn't start shaving my pubes in high school. Rebellion. <laughs> yeah. Well, that was uh, some delicious banter. I don't know if that's the word I want to apply to that now. That Pretty grisly. About eh? your pubes. And you were going through a thing. Well, maybe we could, instead of putting yarn as the eyebrows, I could just put pubes. <laughs> Please don't. I mean, you can definitely make them look like pubes if you can. Yeah, maybe that's a different bit for a different thing. I think that's the end of this bit, though, and I think is the end of this episode. I we are in agreement. Agreement. That's a, that's a word. Yeah, one of them is a word. It's been a pleasure. I thought this was a very funny episode. Yep, we had some good laughs and we cringed at some things. We made some commentary and some critiques. I sure do hate exposition and travel montages. So we murdered them both. Yeah, I, until a bit of expedition might have murdered somebody. But definitely didn't, because he has to come back. Yeah, we're going to need him. Whoops. But that's why we possess so many um, mystical powers. And a Columbo when those fail. Thank you, everyone. Especially you. For listening. And you, and you, and you. But not you. But not you. We told you to stay out. You can watch from the outside. Yeah, Frederick. We're talking about you, Emmanuel. Amanda. Amunda. Amunda. Among us? Miranda. Okay. I love Miranda. Oh, yeah, we should. I think uh, we can record that later this week. Or maybe we'll do it next week. I didn't finish all the art. Well, that's fine. We uh, We don't need the art to record. That's true. But I don't want to do it now. I want to go to bed now.
Yeah, uh, good idea. Bed now. Thank you for playing, and we will see you next week. Yeah. Good night, Craig. <laughs> fuck Tucker. Tucker sucks. <laughs> and fuck Tucker's friend, Todd.